Hey folks, we're going to do a Twins chat here. Uh, I'm Derek Wetmore, 1500 ESPN. I'm going to go grab a pen, and we're going to talk through the Twins 25-man roster. Probably should have grabbed a pen before we started recording. Um, welcome to the chat. Come on in, hang out as long as you'd like. Um, I'll go till the questions stop, but just wanted to do one last pre-Twin Spring training Facebook Live hangout session. Uh, we'll make this an entirely Twins-dedicated show. If there's enough people interested in it, we'll do it every single week. But today's version of it, today's episode, whatever we're going to call it, I'm going to talk about the 25-man roster. I'm basically working on my own post right now. I was going to do this today anyway, so I figured invite the crowd in. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to talk through my 25-man roster decisions, what it looks like right now, and how obviously it's not yet complete. All right, cool. So we got a handful of people hanging out. I uh, decided to do this Twins chat on my channel rather than do it on the 1500 ESPN one. That one's much bigger. It would have reached a bigger audience, but I wanted to get to just specifically the Twins people. Uh, and, and I think if you're following me on Facebook, you are specifically a Twins person. So welcome. Thank you for hanging out. And uh, I mentioned this before. I've got a couple stories that I want to get to. We can talk about that today. I want to get to all of your questions. If you have any questions here leading up to spring training, I want to answer as many as I possibly can. I want to talk about my 25-man roster. I'm just going to seriously go down my list. Here's my uh, legal pad that I take notes on for work. Um, I'll put together my roster right here with you guys. And then lastly, if we have time, if, if there are not too many questions, I want to get to a couple of bad tweets that I got today. Um, so... We'll see if we have time for all of that stuff. I'll save dunking on people for the end, because I don't like to do that. Let's first start with the stories, and then we'll get to the 25-man roster, shall we? So I'll quickly go through my stories, because I don't like the self-promotion crap. I don't even like asking you to share this video or like this video. I just think it would help to get uh, more people in the room. Um, then... We'll do the stories, and we'll do the 25-man roster. So, obviously, the big news, Irvin Santana, he's going to have surgery on his right middle finger. Um, I don't have a baseball with me, but from what I understand, the uh, grip on his slider, and when he put force on that, it was hurting his middle finger here in the weeks leading up to spring training. So, rather than deal with that, he's just going to have the surgery, fix whatever's ailing him in there, and the twins are saying he'll miss probably 10 to 12 weeks, and that's from the date of the surgery. So I don't think he's going to miss very much more than one month. Uh, it still hurts the twins, obviously. I've I used Santana as kind of a mid-rotation starter this year, and missing four or five starts from a guy like that kind of sucks. There's no two ways about it. Um, the upshot for Santana, I think, is even worse this surgery, the timing of this surgery could possibly cost him $14 million. He had a vesting option if he would have hit 200, million, or 200 innings this year and then passed a physical at the season's end. He would have had an automatic vesting option. As it is, he probably won't hit 200 innings. That means it's a club option, and if I'm the Twins, uh, it's, that's not an automatic by any means, picking up a $14 million option for, what's it going to be, 35, 36? So uh, we'll see how that plays out. But I think it's a little overhyped that people are saying now, like, this intensifies their need. They need to up their offer to every free agent starting pitcher out there. 
I don't think that's really true. They needed a starting pitcher before Santana surgery, missing four, five, six starts from Irvin Santana. Doesn't change the math dramatically for me. It hurts the rotation, and they need to get better, but personally, I thought they needed to get better before he had his surgery. So that's the big news of the week, obviously. Um, Another story on 1500ESPN.com. Right now I'm looking at our Twins page. You Darvish uh, is apparently being recruited by Mike Napoli. That was an interesting turn of events. Doogie reported that this week on his podcast. Um, two Twins podcasts I'd recommend, by the way. Touch them all podcasts selfishly because I'm involved in it. But you got to listen to the scoop. Uh, if you don't like the other teams, that's fine. Doogie separates it each week. He does Twins, Wolves, or Vikings, or Gophers, or Wild, or whatever the scoops are for that week. I would recommend that podcast. Always got some pretty good Twins nuggets in it. This week, it was that Mike Napoli is apparently recruiting you Darvish to the Twins, and that the Twins have made their formal contract offer for you Darvish. Uh, wouldn't surprise me a whole lot if Mike Napoli signed with the Twins, but it was surprising to learn that he's recruiting Darvish before he's got his contract ink dried, so... Uh, that'll be something to watch here as we lead into the couple days up to spring training and then once spring training gets going. I fully expect there to be free agents still available once spring training starts, and I just don't know how long it's going to last. I think it's interesting that the free agents are going to have their own spring training. It's about an hour, two hours away north up the coast from twin spring training, so no doubt they'll have... uh, if if it's going to be allowed, they'll have some kind of scout or representation there, I would guess, on a daily basis. Not that you need to see a guy doing pitcher's fielding practice to uh, to know if you want to sign him to a four-year deal, but, um, you know, due diligence and, and making sure you're watching all that stuff. That was an interesting story from this week, and we've got the story on the website, 1500ESPN.com. Uh, last thing I'll get to, and then I see some questions from, let's see, uh, Seth or Seath? Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Uh, drop the pronunciation in the comments so I can get it right going forward. Uh, see that question. See Louie's got a question and Ken. So I'll get to your guys' questions in a second here. Uh, looks like, is that Jake? I can't see. Yeah, Jake has a question too. I'll get to all of these in the course of the show. Promise, promise, promise. Um, the last story that I want to alert your attention to is the top of our Twins page right now on 1500spin.com. I wrote about the Pakota projections, and the short version, I'll give you the 30-second version because I'm very bad at just going on a long-winded tangent. Pakota is the projection system originally developed by Nate Silver. You guys are aware of who that is. And it basically says, hey, the Indians are still a great team. They're going to win 97 games this year. The Twins are an okay team. They're going to win 81 games this year. That's an amazing disparity to me. The Indians, that makes them World Series caliber. The Twins makes them also rans for the postseason. My personal opinion, before I saw the projections, the Twins would have to get better to make the postseason, but that just puts it in sort of a sharp focus. How big a difference the projection system still sees between the Twins and the Indians, Um, even though I think the Twins got better this winter. So... Anyway, those are all the stories on 1500ESPN.com. Now let's get to some of your questions before we get on with the 25-man roster that I'm going to try to build on this video. All right, well, we'll just go reverse chronological order. So, pronounce Seth. Good to know. Seth, thanks for the question. I will get to it here in a second. Uh, Charlie says, I have a lack of questions because we have a lack of starting pitching signings by the club. 
Yeah, that's got to be coming, right? There's no way, no way you start the season with this current starting pitching staff. There just isn't. You can't, uh, you can't justify yourself as a postseason contender by hoping your way through a rotation that starts with J.O. Barreos, then Kyle Gibson, Adalberto Mejia. Now what? Uh, Phil Hughes coming off injury. Maybe Aaron Slagers, Fernando Romero, Steven Gonzalez. Like, it's short on depth because Irvin Santana is going to be hurt to start the season. Trevor May's more than likely going to be hurt to start the season. I think you could get a decent number of starts from both of those guys, and I really like Trevor May when he's healthy. But you got to sign somebody. You just you have to. If you're going to sign Jaime Garcia and call it a day, I think it would be a disappointing offseason. But at least it would be something. Um, so, yeah, I guess, Charlie, sorry, man. I feel the same way. <laughs> These videos have been fairly boring, and our Touch Em All podcast has been fairly boring for listeners this winter, I'm sure, because there's only only so many times I can say, hey, go sign you, Darvish, for five years and $130 million and call it a winner. You... You probably don't want to hear me say that 17 times throughout the course of the offseason. So, Charlie, I guess I don't know what to tell you. Come back when they do make a signing. I'll be happy to answer any questions you have at that point. Uh, but thanks for hanging out, Charlie. Appreciate the uh, comment. Louis. Uh, Louis wants to know, uh, I read earlier this week that the Rays like Max Kepler. Do you think that he could be a centerpiece for a uh, in a trade for Chris Archer. Something like Kepler, Nick Gordon, Steven Gonzalez, and Gabriel Moya for Archer and Denard Span. Span there for a uh, salary dump. Uh, well, look at this from the Rays' perspective. And then I'll look at it from the Twins' perspective. For one, Chris Archer, you've got to expect that you're getting a major league caliber pitcher back and then a really good prospect. Um, Gordon... Gordon might fit that bill as a really good prospect. I personally think he could be a second baseman someday, but I haven't seen him enough to know. That's just based on reading secondhand reports. So I guess let's wait and see. Um, do I think it's going to happen before spring training? Certainly not. Do I think it's going to happen in spring training? I also think that's unlikely. But Chris Archer, to me, if he's still with the Rays at the trade deadline, is a very, very intriguing arm because at that point, He'll have three years and some change left on his contract. Very affordable contract. If you're the Twins, you'd jump for joy having that contract on your books. Um, Kepler's such an interesting case, Louie, because I still see an all-star. I still think Kepler is an everyday strong contributor in right field. Um, really good speed, good arm, great hitter against right-handed pitching. Ah, but there's the rub. Against lefties last year, Kepler rendered himself unusable. Now, I think that he is still a young player and there is still some development ahead for Kepler that I think he'll get better at hitting lefties. But if he doesn't get better at hitting lefties, that all-star projection is kind of out the window. I mean, he might still sneak onto an all-star team because everybody makes the all-star game these days. But I don't think he's the kind of impact player that I foresaw two years ago and... That would be really disappointing if you're the Twins. Um, like last spring training, we were talking about this. If you would have given me a trade for Eddie Rosario and I got to keep Max Kepler and I liked the pitcher that I got back in return, I would have said, yep, sounds good. 
you, you made me pick a corner outfielder to keep, it would have been Max Kepler, and I wouldn't have thought twice about it. Now that looks a little different, doesn't it? Um, so would Kepler, Gordon, Gonzalez, and Moya get it done? Personally, I think no. I wouldn't do that trade if I was the Rays, I don't think, unless you have something to say Max Kepler is for sure going to improve. And I just think that would be a a fairly sizable gamble to make. Because keep in mind, this comes down to team control, and Archer's still got four seasons left. So, you know, if you're looking to extend your window, you're looking for guys with six years. And Kepler obviously doesn't have that. Gordon does. So... Boy, that'd come down to what you think of Gordon Gonzalez, in my opinion. But um, that's a nice package. I really like, Louie, that you're swinging, uh, you know, you're going out there. That's a big, big deal. Most people come to the table and say, would uh, Gonzalez, Moya, Tyler J, and some not the 50th best prospect in the organization, would that get it done? And that's an obvious no for me. But you throw in Max Kepler... That's interesting. I mean, you got my attention. Um, from a Twins perspective, I would do it, but I would be scared that I'm wrong about Max Kepler, and I would be scared that I'm wrong about Nick Gordon and Steven Gonzalez. Like, that's that's a really... Uh, that package, if every single one of those guys hits their 99th percentile, woof, that's a haul um, for the Rays. But if that... If none of those guys hit their 99th percentile, I don't know. We'll see. Um, not usually one for trade speculation, Louis, to be honest with you, but uh, that's it's an interesting one. You've piqued my interest. Uh, let's see here. Seth wants to know, Seth Crandall, who do you think would be a name to watch as a surprise player to break camp with the big league club? I'm going to wait on that one for a second. Um, because I do want to talk through my 25-man roster, so maybe I can answer your question in the course of that. Um, but I'll hang on to it just for one quick second and get to these other questions. Do you think Kepler is gone if we lose the U sweepstakes? Jake wants to know. Do you think Kepler is gone if we lose the U sweepstakes? No, I don't think so, because I don't think it's Darvish or Bust on the free agent market and that you'd immediately need to turn your attention to trading for a starting pitcher. That's not the way I see it anyway, personally, Jake. I think that, you know, if you signed... Whatever. Jaime Garcia as, like, your fifth starter, just to say, okay, we've got five starters we can trust, and now the Slaggers, Phil Hughes, um, uh, Fernando Romero, Steven Gonzalez, that group sort of slides into the, like, hoping to make the rotation. You'd throw Tyler Duffy into that mix as well. I heard he's going to get stretched out. Um, that That is the situation you want to be in. So you, maybe you sign a Garcia, and then you wait till the trade deadline to try to go get a Chris Archer. Um, from what I've heard, the prices of starting pitching on the trade market right now, sky high. So um, I think that the Twins were expecting that that would come down at some point this winter, and... We just haven't seen the dominoes fall in the free agent market, so that hasn't happened. I'm going to be fascinated to see what the prices are for top-line starting pitchers, Jake Arrieta, Hugh Darvish, even Alex Cobb, um, Lance Lynn thrown into that mix. What are they going to sign for? And then how does that affect teams looking to trade starting pitchers? Uh, That's personally what I'm going to be tracking here this spring training. Um, So do I think Kepler, to answer your question, Jake, is Kepler as good as gone if the Twins lose the U Darvish sweepstakes? I would say no, 
but that's outside speculation. I'm not uh, I'm not speaking for the Twins on that one. Justin has a question. Justin wants to know, how many starting pitchers do you think the Twins will sign or trade for and your best guess on when? So I think if you get you Darvish, you could still make the case for signing another back-end starter. Like taking a risk on a guy who I think might be done, but whatever, reclamation project, lottery ticket, Chris Tillman, or like a Jaime Garcia, like I just mentioned. So I think it would be one or two, um, but the second one would be more of like a Michael Pineda. You wouldn't necessarily expect innings in 2019. It's more of an upside gamble, value play, if you want to call it that. Um, so I'd say one or two, and when? March. I think that you could go for a couple of weeks in spring training without this whole market shaking itself out. Guys pitching on their own up in, you know, up the coast of Western Florida and then see whether it's an injury in spring training or the free agent market start to shake out or teams that were looking, hoping for a trade, that market gets shut down because prices are too high, whatever. Something can happen that, it could stretch really into March for uh, the Twins to fill out their um, their whole roster. Now, an interesting thing is the Twins, I didn't mention this in our story segment, but the Twins did send out a list of spring training invites this week, and not a whole lot of guys that I think have a real shot to make the team, like a really good shot. Uh, to make the team this spring. Like last year, I wrote in December that Chris Jimenez had a good shot to make the team, and he did. Uh, Craig Breslow was a kind of under-the-radar minor league signing. He made the team. So I don't necessarily see that playing out this year, but what I was going to say about that 13-person invite list, that's not done. That's not complete. Every year, the Twins go to spring training with like 60 to 65 players invited to Major League Camp, and this year it's 53 that's not, I don't think that's going to stay that way. So um, I think you'll still see players signed, and I'm not just talking about the big name starting pitchers. I think a lot of guys that are out there deserve to have a job and that they're going to sign um, sometime in late February or early March before the season gets going. And I think that's going to be uh, a way that the Twins fill out that sort of invite list to spring training um so don't be surprised if you see signings stretch all the way into march um but it's a good question justin and uh i'm just as curious as you are i see ed's got a question i see seth's here hanging out thanks for coming by seth um and uh then once we get this final question i want to circle back to the other seth's question um Seth Stowe's joining the question, uh, joining the uh, chat here. Another Seth had a question earlier that I'll get to when we start filling out the 25 man roster and we got to get going on that. It's 1130. It's time to start uh, cranking through what that roster is going to look like. Um, but Ed has a question here that I want to get to. He says that getting Darvish is a pipe dream. Uh, once the weather warms up, the twins will do their usual dumpster diving look for pitching help. Okay, Ed, you are entitled to your opinion and I think that you're wrong. I think that uh, if the Twins were just paying lip service on you, Darvish, it would be done by now. Um, and I don't think you'd be still looking around at guys like Alex Cobb, Lance Lynn, if you weren't serious about improving your starting rotation. I think that you got to give this new front office a chance to prove who they really are. 
They've had one offseason, and last year they weren't even trying to be good, in my humble opinion. This year, they should be trying to be good. So let's see how it plays out. Unique offseason. I'm not writing them off just because they haven't signed a pitcher for $150 million yet this offseason. I still think there's a possibility they make some moves. So with that out of the way, let's circle back on Seth Crandall's question and start going through our 25-man roster. Um, I have kind of started that, so maybe I should just go back in my legal pad and find uh, where I started. Because, like, look, at the position player side of things, it looks pretty well set. Maybe they add a right-handed bat, somebody who can DH, maybe a fourth outfielder. But if Robbie Grossman's your opening day DH and sort of a de facto fourth outfielder, well, then you got room for another bench bat, and that's about it. So... Position players, they're probably fine. Obviously, pitching, they're incomplete, but we'll just build the rotation, the bullpen, as it sits currently, and then we'll talk about the other guys kind of in the mix. Um, And if I'm missing anybody, that's why I've invited all of you here because inevitably I'm going to forget about people and you're going to help me out so that I don't publish a piece and get egg all over my face saying like, dude, you forgot to put Addison Reed in the bullpen. Oh, yeah, yeah, I should probably go back and do that. So let me pull up their uh, 40-man, and then I'll uh, pull up their spring training invite. I don't think those guys are going to make the team, but there will be more spring training invites that come, whether it's in the next week or two weeks or three weeks. I'm guessing – so I'm going to be down in Fort Myers for a couple of weeks, and I'm guessing one day somebody's going to stroll into the clubhouse, and I'm going to be like, hey, that's Mike Napoli. You know, he wasn't on the roster. He wasn't on the invite list. And there will be some moves throughout spring training. So I'll obviously keep you guys posted on all of that stuff on this Facebook page here, uh, Derek Wetmore MLB. And uh, it's going to be a fun first couple weeks of spring training, no doubt about it. Tons of player movement, not just for the Twins, but around Major League Baseball. The couple of intriguing names that I saw on the minor league invite list, obviously Nick Gordon, um, Jake Reed, Lamont Wade. I don't necessarily think those guys, you know, make the team. Um... Nick Boss as a fourth outfielder. Um, But I also think that you're going to see more invites. Like Tyler J wasn't invited. That was kind of interesting. I thought he had a shot to crack the bullpen. Um, Maybe that'll just happen in the middle of the summer. Maybe he's got to go prove it somewhere first. But let's see here. Let's build the bullpen and the starting rotation. Since I think you guys will just be bored of me talking about Mitch Garver and Kenny's Vargas and, you know, A. Ray Adrianza, Zach Granite. Okay. I'm going to go back and find my roster. I started this like weeks ago and I just didn't publish it. I was like, why would I put out a roster projection when the Twins don't have their best starter in camp yet? It just felt weird. Every time I, like, started to put one together, I'm like, ah, this just feels incomplete. It feels weird to publish my roster projection. Ellis joined the chat. Hey, Ellis, thanks for coming, man. If you got any Twins questions, leave them in the comments. We're also recording a podcast, and I'm going to do my 25-man roster projection right here in front of you guys. Um, I do have to get out of here by noon because we've got a meeting today, a conference call I have to be on, and i got to get to the old office. Right now, I'm in the home studios. Okay, let's uh, let's quickly go through the position player side because I don't think you'll be surprised at all to hear them. And for the record, I wouldn't 
foresee a uh, you know like a uh, position player signing that might shock you, right? I said at the beginning of the winter, I said some hitters could make sense for the Twins, and and Carlos Santana was on that list. I caught some heat for that, but I thought it would have been a good low key signing for the Twins, and it didn't happen. He went to the Phillies. Um, I don't foresee any Carlos Santana level position player signing, so let's just go through it quick. No surprise uh, on really anywhere but DH. Um, Jason Castro at catcher, Joe Maurer at first base, Brian Dozier at second base, Miguel Sano. We'll see what happens with his situation, but I would guess Miguel Sano takes the lion's share of the innings at third base this year. Jorge Polanco at shortstop, Eddie Rosario in left field, Byron Buxton in center field, Max Kepler in right field. I've got Robbie Grossman currently penciled in as the DH. Now moving to the bench, I think you'll probably have four bench players to start the season, even though you don't really need seven relievers right away. I just think it's how the Twins are going to allocate their roster spots. Um, Interestingly, they also don't need a fifth starter right away, so maybe I'll go back and adjust my opening day projection with the understanding that the Twins would probably rather have five bench players than five starters. I think you'd go five bench players, four starters until you have to figure something out. Um, But who knows? Um, Bench. I got Mitch Garver at catcher. I think you need a catcher on the roster. I think you could sign another catcher, but honestly, I think Mitch Garver had a good year last year offensively, and you'd like to see what he's going to be going forward. I've heard he's made great strides in his defense, but I've heard that before. Let's wait and see how that plays out. Um, I also think that working under the tutelage of a guy like Jason Castro could help you in that department. Um, So for me, it's Mitch Garver um, making the opening day roster and getting a legitimate chance at playing time. And then sort of locks, but not locks. I mean, Eduardo Escobar just got paid. So did A-Ray Adrianza. Those guys are probably going to make the roster as utility guys. Um, That leaves a fourth spot for which I think you'd need a fourth outfielder. Um, slash you could have somebody take some of the DH time away from Robbie Grossman or make Grossman sort of that fourth outfielder. Even though I don't like Robbie Grossman's glove, I really like Robbie Grossman's bat. I think he's a good player. I think he adds value on a 25-man roster. Um, So I guess we're going to leave that spot open for right now because it could go to Zach Granite. Who else could it go to on this list? I mean, that's kind of the main guy I would see taking the fourth outfield spot. Now, with that being said, tons of free agents still out there. Maybe you do go get a Mike Napoli, in which case it changes the complexion of that group. Um, But that's kind of what it is right now. I'm just going to publish it as that. I'll make a quick note here to myself. Anybody have any problems with that? Uh, If there's any positions that you're like, whoa, dude, you're way too confident or you're way overlooking, uh, let me know. Just drop it in the comments. But... um, to me, I'm going to make a quick note on um, maybe Kepler, talk about what we talked about with the trade stuff. Maybe I'll make a note on Robbie Grossman, on how he's better than you think offensively, but he's not exactly your prototypical fourth outfielder. Um, maybe I'll make a quick note on Mitch Garver, but I think people would be bored if I talk too much about him. And then Escobar and Adrianza, I think, are two good bench players to have. Some people think Escobar is a starting third baseman. I don't see it. Um, So that's the position player side of things. I don't think I'll make a big deal about the uh, Eduardo Escobar thing because I don't sense like a real groundswell of people. Um, 
mad at me for that take, but we'll see. A couple more comments coming in. Daryl says, Kenny's Vargas makes the 25-man. I don't know if you're stating or asking, but uh, I could definitely see it. I think this is Kenny's Vargas's last chance. If he doesn't make the 25-man, he's out of options, so waiver time. Wouldn't shock me to see the Twins expose Kenny Vargas to waivers. I don't think he's like that impactful of a player as a kind of a DH only guy. But if you're looking to sort of finagle the roster and make him be that extra guy, maybe he makes the club in sort of that DH first base role. Robbie Grossman's pushed to your fourth outfielder, split some time at DH. It's just not a perfect platoon. So it's kind of messy and uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm not high enough on Kenny Vargas, but I could definitely see him making the team. Uh, Daryl, I'm going to make a note on that because uh, that's definitely worth talking about in my 25-man roster projection. Thanks for the quick note. I appreciate it. You get a like for that, my friend. Uh, Ellis wants to know, any prospects out of the Rochester Red Wings you could see on the Twins on opening day? It's a good question. Yeah, I could see uh, Zach Granite being back with the Twins. Kenny's Vargas was kind of a de facto Red Wing last year. I could see him. Uh, Mitch Garver, for sure, I could see on the team. Um, after that, on the position player side, it's not too likely. Um, pitching side of things, you've got Gonsalves, you've got Romero. Um, I think Felix Jorge dipped his toes in AAA last year. Uh, Seth Stowes, if you're still here, correct me on that. But I think that uh, just off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure he did pitch for the Red Wings. He could make the team, but I'm not that high on Felix Jorge as like an opening day rotation option. I think of him as pitching depth. Um, let's go through the pitching staff, and let's just start with the rotation because that's where uh, Seth says I'm correct. Awesome. Thanks, Seth. Appreciate it, and thanks for hanging out. Yeah, he made a couple of starts in AAA last year. Um I don't see him making the opening day roster. I think I'd be shocked if Felix Jorge is on the 25-man uh, at the end of March when the Twins head north, but um, crazier things have happened. I, I just think that would mean like a fair number of injuries and guys didn't work out. So let's talk about the starting rotation. Felix Jorge kind of transitions us into that. Um, I think it starts... I think if you don't sign a starting pitcher, Boreos is your opening day starter, and there's... Not an awful lot of debate. For me, I think he's the best healthy pitcher on the Twins roster right now. Um, that's why I've sort of been campaigning for Darvish this winter. If you sign you, Darvish, I I even see this as the year that Jose Barreos surpasses Irvin Santana in terms of value to the Twins. So if you can go Darvish, Barreos, Irvin Santana, that's a pretty good top three compared with what the Twins have had in recent years. As it is, I had, this was written a while ago, but... I had Barreos written one, Santana two. Now you got to cross him off your opening day roster. Okay, that's a check. Injured. So I'll obviously write about that in my projection. And then I've got that three spot open because I think there's a gap between guys like Barreos, Santana, and guys like Kyle Gibson and Adalberto Mejia. Um, so add a starter. I expect that from the Twins at this point, but... I don't know if it's going to be a one or if it's going to be a three or if it's going to be a five or if it's going to be a six. Like Chris Tillman is a six. Can we just call a spade a spade? I covered Chris Tillman in 2013 with the Orioles and he was their ace. He was sensational at being the top of the rotation guy on a team without a top of the rotation starter. 
not taking anything away from him. He was a, I think he was named to the all-star team that year as well. Um, I've got respect for Chris Tillman and how he works and his career. Last year was a horrible year for Chris Tillman. And if you're banking on anything from him, I think you're making a mistake in planning. So um, if you're going to sign like a six like that, or like a, you know, a Wade Miley situation or Jason Vargas, that to me, that's a six. Um, I think that uh, the twins should be aiming higher than that. Frankly, I said that on Twitter earlier today too, and I'm sticking by it. Um, so rotation, I'm really bad at going quickly through this, but Boreos is one right now. Gosh, who's two? Kyle Gibson, three. Adalberto Mejia, four. You're hoping Phil Hughes is healthy this year and and can give you some innings. Um, I think obviously we've seen not to count on that, but if Hughes can bounce back and make good on some of what's left on the contract, good for Hughes and good for the Twins. After that, you're talking the prospects. Steven Gonsalves, Fernando Romero, Felix Jorge. I've got Trevor May written down here because I think May finds his way into the rotation at some point. I would personally like to see him get another chance as a starting pitcher. I don't think the bullpen is where Trevor May belongs. One, injury concern. Two, I think you've got that kind of dominant arsenal. You take a chance. You, If you're the Twins, you figure out a way for a guy who can... I'm going to look this up right now, but... I want to say it's like a 30% strikeout rate in short short stint last year. Obviously, injuries are the story of his career to date, so I'm not saying bank on it, but all right. Huge jump in strikeout rate from 2015 to 2016, and then and he didn't pitch in 17, obviously, with Tommy John surgery. Uh, 2016, which seems like a long time ago now, 32.1 strikeout rate, 32.1%. That's incredible. That's top of the line starting pitcher. Now, can you do it for a full season? Can you do it for 200 innings? He hasn't shown that yet. So Trevor May still has a lot to prove, but um, I wouldn't be shocked to see him in the starting rotation by the end of the season. Also wouldn't be shocked if they just said, eh, you're a super, super reliever. Just go with what's working. That's where he had the 32% strikeout rate. Not out out of the rotation, but out of the bullpen. Man, I'd just be so tempted to get that swing and miss stuff in the four-pitch mix into the starting staff if, if I'm the Twins. We'll see how it plays out. But obviously, opening day roster, likely not going to happen. He had his TJ last spring, um, so he'll be a ways back. But you see him on Instagram. You see him posting his stuff that uh, he's back on the mound in Fort Myers working on bullpens. I fully expect you'll see Trevor May on the pitching staff at some point this season. Opening day. It's a very distant long shot, in my opinion. And if he is, it would be as a reliever. Um, I see another question. Uh, Andy Pants says, What's up with Will- William Astadio? Craziest strikeout walk, hit by pitch per plate appearance ever. Um, does he ever have a place on an MLB roster? So I'm going to be honest. So that's one of the minor league invites, right? Um, and I have not done a lot of digging. Um I'll look this up right now because you ask about it, and that's what I do on video chats. I try to give you what you're looking for. But I haven't done my minor league research in prep for spring training shortly. In short, because I've been preparing so much for this rush of free agency and possible trades that's going to happen that I just really haven't even turned my attention too much to this side of things. But uh, let's see, a AAA last year with the Diamondbacks, this dude who's a catcher. So 128 plate appearances. Um, anybody know what happened there? 
Um, Seth Stowe says he's built like me, which isn't good. Um, I'm curious to uh, figure out this minor league line here. Triple A with the Diamondbacks, only 128 plate appearances, a 3.1% walk rate, which is low, a 3.9% strikeout rate, which is low. 217 isolated power for the first time in his career showed a lot of pop. Um, that's pretty interesting. And a 370 on base percentage with a 558 slugging. Dude raked in AAA last year. Um, uh, count me intrigued. Andy Pants, thanks for uh, pointing me in his direction. I don't know what to make of that because last year was his first year above AA. In 2016 with the Bravos double-A club, uh, similar low, low, low walk rate, low strikeout rate, no pop, a low uh, 293 on base percentage and uh, crummy slugging of 332. Like, that's not an intriguing offensive player even for a catcher, but he ran up 138 weighted runs created plus last year in AAA with the Diamondbacks. I don't know. He, is he one of these guys that has changed – um, change his approach at the plate to be one of these more like hit it in the air and see what happens kind of guys. Um, let's see if they've got his fly ball rate down here. No, that hasn't really jumped. Ground ball per fly fly ball rate's been pretty consistent throughout. He did hit more line drives last year. Um, I don't know. Well, his fly ball rate jumped a little bit, 36 to 42% per fan graphs, but uh, you'd have to tell me, Andy. I don't know. This would be a fun guy to talk to in spring training. Uh, he's only 26 years old, a 5'9 catcher weighing in at 225, according to fangraphs.com. But uh, I got to be honest, I haven't done a whole lot of looking into him yet. Um, been too focused on the free agents. So... All right, let's get back to building our roster. I don't I don't think I see him as like a DH or backup catcher because I don't know anything about his glove, but let's do a profile on him in spring training. Go down to Fort Myers, talk to uh, I talk to Jeff Smith about that, maybe James Rowson after a couple of weeks. Um, I mean, Derek Falvey for sure. What's this guy's connection? How do they know him from Arizona? Um, who found this guy? And uh, what's the upside? Obviously talking to uh, Williams himself. First, I'd want to know how to pronounce his first name. Um, so, we were building the rotation, and I think we basically settled on it, right? Our work is done here. I came up with, like, four viable starters, three and a half viable starters. That's where we're at. If you're the Twins, you got to go sign somebody. Um, unless you know more about Phil Hughes and Trevor May than I know, or if you're counting on Irvin Santana to be on the shy side of his 10 to 12 week um, projected absence, if he's only out until April 15th, your starting rotation looks a little bit better. But still, if you're counting on like 25 starts from Irvin Santana, 32 starts from Barreos, and then what, 30 starts from Gibson, 30 starts from Mejia, question mark for Trevor May, question mark for Phil Hughes. When are the prospects ready to rock? I think there's a lot more question marks than answers in the Twins rotation right now. Um, Tyler Duffy's on that list probably. But let's look at the uh, bullpen because that's where things get a little interesting. I'll go quickly through this unless people have some some more questions. Um, Let's see here. 
Andy, thanks for the question, and uh, and Seth, thank you for the uh, for the insight. Can always count on Seth for those scouting reports. AJ Libby wants to know who do you think will be the Twins' biggest pleasant surprise this season, and I think it's going to be. I'm going to cop out. I'm going to give you three. Byron Buxton, who repeats as a superstar, that's a pleasant surprise because I think in the back of everyone's mind, they're still kind of wondering like, okay, this guy's a gold glover, but can he hit? Is it for real? Yes, I think it's for real. I think Byron Buxton's a star. Two, I think Jose Barreos takes a step forward. And three, Addison Reed's a really good pitcher. Addison Reed's better than you think in the bullpen. I don't think he's getting the lion's share of saves for the Twins this year, but I think he's a good addition to the Twins' bullpen, so that, there's my three pleasant surprises. Um, AJ, you just gave me an idea for a column. Um, thanks for hanging out in the chat, bud. And uh, you might see a uh, maybe three pleasant surprises column coming at some point during spring training this year. You know what? I'll add a fourth one, and that's Mystery Man. Whoever the Twins sign is going to have a good season, whether it's you, Darvish, or Alex Cobb, or Jaime Garcia, or on down the list, somebody's going to have a good year. Uh, or maybe it's Michael Pineda coming back out of the bullpen in August and surprising the heck out of all of us. Um, those are probably my pleasant surprises. Um, speaking of pleasant surprise, Trevor Hildenberger's a lock for this bullpen. He was a pleasant surprise last year. I don't think he will be anymore. I think he could make the case, actually, that Trevor Hildenberger is going to be the Twins' best reliever in 2018, and that's my hot take for the for the podcast. Um, Fernando Rodney's the closer. So, so let's go through the bullpen here. Fernando Rodney closer, Jake Reed in sort of this roving, or Jake Reed, Addison Reed in kind of this roving um, setup role slash fireman, whatever you want to call it. He'll pitch in the seventh inning. He might pitch in the sixth inning. He'll pitch in the eighth inning, and he'll pitch in the ninth inning. Um, but when the Twins have a three-run lead and uh, they just need somebody to come finish it off, that's Fernando Rodney's job. Top lefty, I've got Taylor Rogers. Second lefty, I've got Zach Duke. So that's four relievers. I already mentioned Trevor Hildenberger. I really like Hildenberger. I think he's as good as it comes out of the Twins' bullpen. So that's five relievers you can kind of write down in pen. After that, I have Ryan Presley scribbled down. Um, There's a guy who is sort of sink or swim, in my opinion, for the Twins. He's got the stuff. I personally think he's got the makeup. I've talked with Ryan Presley a lot about his stuff and how it plays and um, you know the tough times he fell on last year and all that kind of stuff. And he's frustrated, no doubt, but I still think the natural talent is there. I think the ability is there for him to harness. So I'm curious to see, is he going to have a sink or swim season in 2018? If he's a great reliever, that's a good bullpen that I just listed off. Um, and then probably only talking about one more spot for the opening day roster. Uh, let's go through the names because you got Gabriel Moya. Uh, I mentioned Jake Reed. He's a minor league invite. Maybe he's on that list of guys who could make the club. There's the uh, Rule 5 invite, Kinley. You got Tyler J, John Curtis, Alan Buznitz, JT Shagwa, Tyler Duffy if he doesn't make the rotation. Would you move Phil Hughes to the bullpen if he doesn't make the rotation? Um, personally, I don't think I would. If if the stuff's not there to be a starter, the stuff's not there to be a reliever, but we shall see. Is Trevor May a reliever? I already mentioned I personally wouldn't make him one. 
So the bullpen is going to be kind of a tight contest, which is good for the Twins. I wouldn't sign another reliever. I think they're okay in the bullpen, actually. Um, if it falls apart by July and you're in the race and you need to make a trade deadline upgrade, you can always do that. There are going to be guys available. Um, don't spend too many of your resources fixing something that's not as big of a problem as your starting rotation. All of your resources need to go into fixing the rotation right now. That's a clear question mark. So um, that's my 25-man roster. If you guys have anything that I missed, let me know. I'd be happy to answer the questions, but it is noon, so i got to get out of here. i got a, an all-hands meeting that I've got to get to. Um, let me let me quick mention my bad tweet that I got today because this guy like just started following me, and I see some logical tweets following up in my mentions, but like... Dude, this is just a bad take. Um, so asked me about if the Twins were going to get Jason Vargas, and I said, honestly, you should probably aim a little bit higher than Jason Vargas. And he who shall remain nameless said, um, that's hilarious in response to my, you should aim higher than Jason Vargas, which is a non-controversial opinion. So that's hilarious. This is the twins we're talking about. The Nalasco and Pelfrey and a few that I can't remember signing twins. Vargas is legit, low-risk player with great upside. A, no, he's not. He's a back-end starter who's not even one of your five best options. You've got to do better than that. And secondly, you're going to blame the twins for signing Ricky Nalasco and Mike Pelfrey five years ago with a different front office? I don't have any time for that. I didn't share this out. I was going to just be like, hey, followers, can you handle this? I don't want to fight this battle right now, but I see some loyal followers jumped in at the defense. I didn't have to share it. I didn't have to tweet this guy anything back. They just said, like, you know, you're wrong. Vargas is not a priority while these other free agent starters are out there. Jason Vargas is not as good as you apparently think. And you're going to blame... Derek Falvey and Thad Levine for Terry Ryan signings and extensions. That's not really fair. Um, in the tweeter's defense, I will say that he did follow up and say, you know, the old regime gets some credit for the Twins' current success, which is absolutely true. That goes overlooked. Terry Ryan built most of the club that won 85 games last year. Derek Falvey and Thad Levine provided some seasoning. So don't get that wrong. But, tweeter, that's a bad take. Don't uh, don't bring up Ricky Nolasco and Mike Pelfrey as examples why this current Twins front office won't make a big signing. I, that's just, it's a bad take. It's a bad tweet. Um, so thank you to everyone who came to my defense on that one. I was happy to not have to fight that battle this morning. Um, I just kind of like left Twitter alone for a little while and got set up for my live video. Ryan, you're too late. I see Ryan coming in, joining the video. Thanks for hanging out on the chat, but... Bud, you're going to have to catch the replay. Uh, we got to wrap this one up. This podcast is coming to a close. This Facebook video is coming to a close. So let me ask you two quick favors. And uh, that's in addition to asking you to like it earlier. So I won't do that again because I don't like begging. Number one, if you're listening to this on the podcast, go check out my Facebook page. It's Derek Wetmore MLB. That's where everyone was asking these questions today. We got some good questions from Seth. Um, Seth was hanging out for a while. We got Andy, AJ Libby. Um, I saw Ellis ask a question in here. Daryl had a question on Kenny Vargas. Ed, Seth, Justin, Jake, Louie, Charlie, Ken, thank you for all your questions. 
Um, that's that's where they were asking those questions, podcast listeners. So if you're not already, follow Derek Wetmore MLB on Facebook. That's where I want to do more stuff on Facebook this year than I do on Twitter because Twitter just sucks. Let's be honest about it. Um, so that's what we'll do this MLB season. For sure in spring training, I'm heading down there next week hanging out with my buddy Pat Royce and uh, – that, that's my first ask for the audience of the podcast. Go find the Facebook page. Facebook listeners, if you're hanging out here, thank you so much for coming by. I'm going to try to do one of these every Friday if you'll come hang out for it. And my one ask for you would be maybe give the Touch Em All podcast a try. I do some other episodes every week with Phil Mackey. Sometimes Judd Zolgad joins us. We talk twins at least once a week, sometimes two times, maybe three times in spring training. Um, go subscribe to that. If you've got a podcast app on your phone, um, I use Podcast Republic on my Android. Um, all of those are going to uh, all of those appear to the feed. They go to iTunes. They go to Podcast One. They go to fifteen hundred ESPN.com. But if you just want the easiest way to do it, subscribe to it on your phone. It's the Touch Em All podcast. You can find it with your search. Um, that's going to do it for this video for this podcast. I'm signing off and going to uh, the fifteen hundred ESPN studios for a meeting. Thanks for hanging out, guys. And uh, next time I talk to you, I'll probably be in Fort Myers. So we'll see you then.